talk us through those 80 minutes. No, we prepared to win. We knew that we were here to make history. The whole week, that's what we told ourselves. And you know what? I'm so proud of the boys. Absolutely humbled. And the guys came out. They played with enormous testicles. And we absolutely did it. Fantastic effort. I'm such a happy captain. Welcome back, everyone, to the Dropped Kickoff. It's been a little while, but we are glad to be here in this brief lull period after the end of Super Rugby AU and before the start of Super Rugby Trans-Tasman. My name is Nick Wasiliev, and I'm joined today uh, by Nathan Williamson. Nathan, how are you, mate? Uh, coming down from that chocolate high, but doing all right, doing all right. <laughs> yeah. I think you, didn't you mention before the pod that you had a whole... That, the amount of chocolate that's currently circulating around Rugby Australia HQ is, is absurd at the moment. Oh, it's insane. Like, if I'm not sure if it came across in that live stream that they put out on um, rugby.com.au, but my God, there is so much. Cho- there was so much chocolate. Like, fair play to Cadbury. If their commitment to supplying it is what, what it is to the Wallabies <laughs> and Waratah, uh, Wallaroos, goodness me, there was... It was, without exaggerating, close to 50, 50 to 100 just blocks of chocolate everywhere it was incredible <laughs> <laughs> i love i love that that that's the that's what greets you in the morning uh coming into work at hq of all things um but we're also of course joined by jack o'rourke how are you jack i'm well yeah it's been a big week for for aussie rugby um i've just in in, in light of all the news i've tropped uh trotted up to the shops and got myself a cadbury caramel marble <laughs> and oh. I don't, oh yeah, it's bloody fantastic <laughs> it is so, it's up there for the chocolate i'll, I'll give it that yeah. i feel i feel like i need yeah, to hands on stuff. yeah <laughs> um so we have once again our regular q a segment where we throw out questions to the twitter sphere and ask you uh your what you think are the main talking points and then we answer them and do some fun banter and everything in between and we'll kick off with a question um actually created by us today um, because we wanted to before we before we jump into all the questions we have about uh, Super Rugby Trans Tasman, we want to talk about that grand final um, between the uh, the Reds and the Brumbies with the Reds prevailing nineteen sixteen. Um, we are in the midst of two grieving Brumbies fans here in Jack and myself. Um, so to to spare us the pain a little bit longer, I'm going to throw to you first, Nathan, for this one because <laughs> you got the chance to actually watch the game uh, uh, in person. How was it? Was it and was it everything that we could have hoped for for a Super Rugby AU final? I mean, just the atmosphere absolutely was. I mean, fair credit to the the Reds fans and everyone who travelled up there. That was it. It was something that I hadn't experienced in a long time in a rugby game. Just the atmosphere, the wall of noise was incredible. Um, as for a game, look, if we, we're going to be honest, it wasn't a spe- wasn't that much of a spectacle. I might be controversial here, but I think it was probably the worst out of the three that um, these two teams played. But, I mean, as, as essentially one of the golden rules in entertainment is, no one remembers what happens during the th- during an event. They always remember the ending. And, my God, did that serve up a great ending well, from a neutral perspective. I'm not sure how that went down as a, as a pair of Brumbies fans, but it was a great game from up in Brisbane. Jack, you're licking your wounds. How do we... <laughs> How do mm. we feel about this match? <laughs> mm, yeah. Pretty devo. <laughs> but uh look, gotta gotta give it to the Reds. They you know, they've been the best team all year and they and they followed through and it's you know, it, it's it's good for Australian rugby. 
So I'm a fan of Australian rugby for, for first and foremost. So, um, yeah, it was, it, it was. And, yeah, say what you want about the game, say what you want about, um, you know, all, all the calls. But, you know, I was watching it in a pub in the tab section in the in a deserted pub in Northern Territory, and I could feel the uh, the, the vibe and 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 just the good feeling going around the stadium through the screen. So it, everyone was yeah, it was everyone was in a good mood, and, and it was a you know a great event for for rugby to cap off what has been you know a difficult sort of period. Yeah, it has been, isn't it? I was at uh, I was at the the Ox in Dremoyne, um having a, a couple of sneaky beers and initially they they had the league on and we asked them to switch it over and they went why would you sw- switch over to the super rugby eventually we did and by the end of the game the whole pub was watching which i thought was just such a awesome um just so awesome to see how 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 much everyone got into it and it was and i think it's also reflected in the numbers i mean we've been we we've i kind of want to have a look at the numbers that we've had here because you know i think all up, that was like four hundred and seventy-four thousand on free to air. Um, correct me on this, Nathan, if I'm wrong, because I know that you did. You kind of broke the news for for rugby.com.au, but was it close to like half a million all up? Yeah, I believe. So. I think the initial figures were t- I know were two hundred seven. That was just a metro. So when they've gone through, counted up all the stand and all that stuff. I I'm not quite entirely sure, but I think it was 400. It was around that 450 mark. Uh, let me double. I've got to try. I mean, sorry, 464 um, to be exact. Uh, and then I think it was the largest for the crowd was the largest for an Australian Derby since 2004. I think mm-hmm. there's there was some figures that came out I, which said it, it it could have even been bigger than that from those that just either tuned in through Stan or essentially wrapped it on for like the last couple of minutes, but. I mean, when you I think it was top 10 for all programs on free-to-air, top yeah. five for those that weren't news, which is, I mean, it's a great sign. And mm. I th- was at that um, Rugby Australia press conference today and um, Hamish McLennan, was more, when he was talking about those ratings, was more than happy to admit that, hey, that could be a reality coming, oh, heading forward, that move from, which I mean that move from 9 Gem to Channel 9, which... I mean, if you're, what, five months into a deal and you already have your main broadcast partner saying, hey, we're willing to essentially bump you up to the main channel, that's, that's a great sign for the sport, I think. Yeah, it is. And I think it's also reflective in the fact that I think there was 150,000 subscribers to Stan Sport, which I think for a first year has probably even exceeded Stan's expectations. Um, additionally on that, like a, of that, an extra 70,000 who actually just signed up to Stan as a result, which is such a, is really encouraging for a first year result. I reckon, I think it's even, it's surprised many of us um, how well it's gone, but it's, I think it's a good, a good case of going where the audience goes, um, which is kind of similar to, I think similar to what happened when rugby first went professional and went to Fox. Um, and now in terms of going onto streaming platforms, it seems to be doing really well. Yeah. It's a huge win for, for rugby and it. And it is interesting, yeah, being on the front foot of this new sort of direct streaming sort of platform. Um, it's interesting to see where it goes. 
Yeah, indeed. Um, so we'll dive, we'll, we'll kick on kind of on that point on to the next question from Hugh, who's always one to throw uh, a gag of faithful and always one to throw a question into the mix here because um, we are heading towards Trans-Tasman this weekend, which is going to be fascinating a uh, couple of matches, uh, which we'll go through in a minute. Um, so, But Hugh asked the question, because there has been talk of a full Trans-Tasman round-robin competition going ahead, like in the days of, of Super 12 gone by. Hugh asks, should we keep the AU comp next year and keep and go with this format, or should we go? Or are we going to stick with going to the full Trans-Tasman home-and-away round-robin competition? Um, Jack, I'm going to throw it to you for this mm-hmm. one first, because it's... Uh, I will say that the success of not only... Uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa, but also Super Rugby AU certainly has put forward the argument of maybe we should of of the domestic competition a lot more. Do you reckon? Yeah, that's a tricky one. Um, you can't forget, you know, over the last two years with Super Rugby AU, there have been some pretty dire matches. Um, do we have, you know, do we just need to build up that spectacle, or do we need to bring the Kiwis in that you know that give us that you know? Uh, amazing attack and, and hard defense and entertaining games or do we do ourselves a disservice by you know I, th- I think we'll talk about it coming up but you know not much of not not, not many people are given the Australian teams a chance against the Kiwis this weekend and that's probably fair enough so um, you walk that tightrope where it's you want the best competition possible but if we can't perform in that top competition then uh, yeah pro- probably undoes all the all the work of Super Rugby AU has, has done over the years. So, um, yeah, I'm not too sure. Yeah, it's – I think it's an interesting point you raise here, and I think it'll, it'll lead into the into the next question. But, Nathan, I want to get your um, perspectives on on this intent. Like, do you think it's a it's a case of, of spectacle over actual competitiveness, or do you think it's a, it's a case that – we know that's, or do you, or do you think it might even be a case be, be that it's too early to tell? Because I mean, obviously, Trans Tasman hasn't even started yet. So, for all we know, we could be competitive. I think it's a nice problem to have, to be honest. I, I think if you said this twelve months ago, when we were still trying to figure out it, it, essentially what the future of Super Rugby looked like, and we were kind of you, to have two essentially really viable options, I think is really good to have. Uh, I think I'm personally of of the belief that. Um, we should start essentially, essentially do what we did th- this year, but kind of reverse the format in the sense of go, have a five-week Australian program and then launch into the um, mm. Super Rugby and essentially have that as your kind of two have a home and away series in between that. Um, yeah, I think I think the only thing is it's just you have so many ver- variables, I think. I think, as you mentioned, we don't know how, what the competitiveness is like and essentially how we stand with Trans-Tasman. We don't know what's, what's your 11th and 12th teams in the Fiji and um, the Pacific Pacifica team are going to look like. Um, if we do decide to go to, to or keep in Australia, what happens to those teams? Do they, does Fiji join us? Do Samoa stay with New Zealand and then they essentially have three games a week. Like, I think there's, I think we're at the stage where there's just too many questions still up in the air to be considering it. I think we've got to kind of wait and see how, not only how Trans-Tasman plays, but how sort of 
the, this comp looks heading forward and what essentially the viability of teams coming in and essentially what suits them best. Yeah, I think there is no doubt, I reckon, that those two Pacifica teams, uh, the Fijian team and the, uh, the other Pacifica team, the Samoan team, will uh, will be competitive, I reckon, um, considering the, the talent that is there. Um, but I, I agree. I think it's right now we don't know the lie of the land in terms of the of, of how it would look like as a product but even in terms of where we are as a product i mean uh, in, in terms of compared to the kiwi sides i mean our, our last time you know we were talking about this to, uh, last year when the season got cancelled things were looking up a little bit i mean the brumbies had we'd, we'd had a we'd actually pulled up a couple of wins against the kiwis um i know the rebels had, had beaten the highlanders in in dunedin the rebels had beaten the chiefs in 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 waikato um, I think the Reds even came close to beating the Crusaders in Christchurch off the top of my head. It was like a yeah, yeah, only lost by four points or so. So who knows where the teams are at now in terms of um, comparison and maturity? Um, it's I reckon we can't really make a say on it until the end of the comp, the end of this Trans Tasman comp when we actually maybe have a clear sense of where we are. Um, but I think that leads nicely into our next question which is uh, the Rugby Fixation podcast, boys. Uh, shout out to those lads um, who actually touch on this topic pretty well um, and kind of touch a little bit on what you were talking about, Jack, before um, in regards to Hugh's question. So they say, following the success of Super Rugby AU, how important is it for the Aussie sides to pick up around two week, two wins a week to show that we can mix it with the best? Does it undo the hard work and the success of Super Rugby AU if they cannot accumulate those wins? <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, Nathan, what do you reckon here? Do you reckon it could? it is potentially more damaging uh, for us in terms of competing against the Kiwis if we don't win? Because, you know, we've been, we were talking about it before the pod that uh, the bookies don't really be, seem to be giving us, apart from the Reds, they don't really seem to be giving many of the Aussie teams a chance here. Yeah, I mean, even with they're not even giving the Reds a chance. Let's be let's be honest. And the team, the Reds team, has still seven Wallabies despite that um, them resting a bunch of players. Highlanders have Aaron Smith, and, and yet the Reds are four bucks. Like that's it's disrespectful. But to be honest, I I kind of I kind of agree. They need it. It doesn't undo the hard work. I don't think it undoes it. Undoes the hard work, but I feel like it dents it if we can't get some wins. I think first round you can make there's or the way the draw works. I think you can make the excuse that if you say that your Brumbies or Reds don't get up, that there's still fatigue or playing the Crusaders. But if we end this tournament with say four or five wins, any as soon as we will try and claim Super OBA is the way to go, immediately there's going to be that that fallback of well, it's not as good as you think it is because New Zealand beat us. That's that's the sad not the sad reality, but the, the the real fact is, no matter what we do in rugby, we always get compared to the Kiwis, and that's how not a, the greatest sporting community is going to essentially judge how successful this is. We can enjoy it as much as we can, as much as we like, but if we're losing to the Kiwis, it, we're all, that Super Rugby RU comp is going to be seen as second rate. So I think not only do we need essentially those two big teams winning games, but you need the force of the Rebels to pick up one or two. Maybe the Waratahs pull off, pull off the ultimate upset. Yeah, I think you need a decent amount of wins to show that, hey, or not to show, but to prove that, hey, the gap between these two teams isn't as big as people think. 
Yeah, it's a. It, I reckon it it could be potentially damaging if if it's a case that you get full, you're getting beaten week in week out. But, um, Jack, do you reckon the, the bookies are being a bit harsh? Do you think there is there is reason for optimism here, or do you think it's a? Are we are we now so cautious to being beaten so often by the Kiwis that we should just take everything with a grain of salt? And <laughs> I, I think as as much as there's excitement, there's also apprehension and and. A bit of wait and see on on how we do. I think, especially this week, um, I'd probably I'd probably pick two of the uh, two of the Aussie teams to do it. Um, I think I think the Rebels can get over the Blues. I think the Reds can get over the uh, Highlanders. Um, Brumbies probably a tough ask. Maybe even Perth could never win, but um, that's being very optimistic. Um, I saw I saw the other day Waratahs yeah five hundred to one to win the. Yeah, I know. That's that's easy money. I might like that. Yeah, <laughs> things that happen. I'm, I'm with you but halfway yeah. there. With the, yeah. with the Reds, Reds can get up. I reckon Rebels without Pone and Izzy Nasirani a bit hard. I I do. I have said this, and I'm in for a penny, in for a pound. Do believe the Force will beat the Chiefs. I'm, yeah, right. I'm sticking myself out really? there. Really? I, <laughs> I I think they've got the I think they've got the players to do it. No sickle. Mm-hmm. No Tamani is going to be a bit tough. But I th- I generally think they can get it done. Uh, yeah. Brumbies, I'd love to. I think it'd be close, but I don't. A crusade is just the crusades. It'd probably be the week to get them, though. Yeah. Coming off, coming off a big win. And Brumbies <laughs> have all the motivation to essentially bounce back and get revenge. So yeah, it'll be interesting. But, yeah. But to answer the question, yeah, we do need to be competitive and we need to be competitive straight away. And it doesn't just affect, you know, the, the super teams and the makeup of our domestic competition, it also feeds into, you know, Bledisloe's and, and World Cups. And so if we, you know, if we get hammered by the Kiwis and just go back into our shell and, and, and just do Super Rugby AU, that's, that's, a, that's a sort of dire effect on, on, on the international game as well. So. Yeah, look, it's, it'll be interesting to see the results of, the, of all of it. I think it's, for me, I reckon it, I trust at least that the Reds and the Brumbies are going to be competitive. Um, they've, th- those squads have been together for getting on now six or se- um, five or six seasons. They're playing really well. Um, they've uh, shown that they have the potential to really do uh, perform well. The Force have surprised me a lot in terms of how much they've grown um, over the course of this season because really they've been doing heavy recruiting and I think it's it's a testament to a lot of those veteran players they brought in especially the Argentinian contingent um and those guys have been playing really good rugby um you only need to look at how they went in in the Tri-Nations competition last year um when they when they beat um the All Blacks for the first time ever that there's a lot of team of players in those squads that uh know how to win games which I think is really critical um very curious to watch. I think it is. I do agree with with both of you though that it, we, we at least need to show that we're um, that we're competitive at this level, at the very least. I think even if uh, you might get one win, or uh, you might you might have weeks where the Kiwis you know get get more wins than we do. But what matters is is that if you have multiple teams very competitive across the board, then that will start saying a lot more and then those those teams will start to believe and hopefully those wins will come who knows um but it's it's certainly a, an interesting prospect going into this weekend um we'll dive in to to question 
four right now, and uh, we're recording this on a on a Thursday night. But have, having having mentioned it earlier in the podcast, I'm going to highlight this again uh, today. The Wallabies or Rugby Australia announced a brand new principal partnership with Cadbury, um, which means that the Wallabies will now be running out with their brand new um, gold jersey, um, but they'll have a Cadbury sticker on the front. And additionally, the Wallaroos as well will be uh, will be rep- will be having the the Cadbury uh, logo there as well um, for the next five years. Will be there. Um, boys, what's the best chocolate pun that you can come up with? Because I'm anticipating uh, some good ones here. I'm going to throw to you, Jack. <laughs> Have you got any good ones? <laughs> Wouldn't it be nice if we won the bladder of snow? <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Um, Nathan, have you got? Can you give us some background on this, uh, on this sponsorship on, and stuff before I before I throw you under the bus and and make you talk about old gold or new types of gold or caramello or any sort of terrible chocolate puns that we can come up with? As, as much as I can, I know I know it's been in the works for a while. Uh, as soon as that the Qantas deal came through, they were looking for new sponsors, um, and then yeah, it's I think what's what was really evident today was not only that. They they're looking to partner with that Wallabies, but they're same they're in in all of it. They want to be sponsored in Wallaroos. They want to be essentially associated with grassroots. What was clear like straight away speaking to sort of Hamish and the listening to um the representative from Cadbury is that it was, it was almost like as soon as they talked that they could tell that essentially the brands kind of aligned what they wanted to do, and so I think that's a, and they were really excited to sort of see where rugby was going and essentially put their brand to, to rugby's name, which I mean, if you, and to be fair to them, I think it's been a good start so far. I, if, I, I'm not sure if everyone's seen the Jersey, but I think it's coming out really nice with the whole, mm. the purple around the classic gold. So I, it is. I, so the, so the Cadbury on the front is purple. Yeah. So the cab, so my understanding of it, or so essentially the photos that I've seen, go around and the jerseys on display is it's purple um on the well, essentially the normal wallabies gold one and for the indigenous jersey it's gold which yeah, right. i i think i personally i'm a big fan of the indigenous one with the gold i think it looks really nice mm. but yeah, for, for a pun surely uh, surely for the classic wallabies that they've got to be old gold yeah mm. the yeah old <laughs> the old gold wallabies <laughs> Uh, I'm, said, I'm, I'm not going down the sports bet route of their, their <laughs> little pun. That's oh yeah, that was savage, which made me laugh. It, it, it made it, I'm not gonna lie. It made, gave me a couple of chuckles. But jeez, guys, come on. <laughs> they're quick. They're quick. <laughs> I reckon uh, Cadbury can start off on the right foot by probably dropping all that chocolate they got at Rugby HQ down to uh, you know subbies and. And junior grades and give, handing out chocolate like Willy Wonka. Mate, give us, give it twenty four <laughs> hours. It's going to be gone that office. I'll tell you right now. Yeah, how many how many kilos did you say were down in the main foyer? <laughs> uh, it wasn't it wasn't kilo. It was just they some of the display bo- um, blocks they had. One was I I think it was about ten kilos. Now I'm not sure if it was real chocolate or not. I surely you can't make something that's ten kilos. But my God, did it look impressive. I think if you if you want if you want to see a photo, I think it's on um, Morgan Tuanui's Twitter. So check it out. It's an incredible, it's an incredible specimen of a thing. 
<laughs> I'm just looking at it now. It's basically the size of one of his kids. It's <laughs> it's incredible. So, so basically, we're saying that Hamish McLean has has now become Willy Wong, the Willy Wonka of rugby Australia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think stuff. Yeah. They should include like a golden ticket in every uh, <laughs> every bar to go to the uh, to the Bledisloe. Oh, ge- genius idea! If, if anyone at Rugby Australia is listening, which we know for a fact there is, because there's one person actually here tonight. Um, I break I break I break the fourth wall. That might have been pitched by a couple of people in the media once or twice or about <laughs> about twenty times already. <laughs> the message the message has been received. It's a, it's the it seems like the perfect thing to be doing, but again, watch this space. See what and chocolate wallabies during Easter. Oh, just oh, yes. yes, please. I'll be all over chocolate wallabies. I'm down for that. All right. Well, enough of this. Uh, enough of this sweet tooth talk. Let's move on uh, to our final question, courtesy of Waterboy. Now, this is the most important question. This is very important. As you know, we've been talking about it all year. Um, we've been worried about the Tars' depth. We've been worried that you know they ha- don't have enough depth, uh, and that we've been worried that they need those really strong inspirational leaders who know how to win games. Um, so the question that I will throw to you, Jack, is: Should uh, the Tars give Matt Damon a jersey for next season because uh, he did all right in Invictus? So this is what Waterboy tells us. Do you reckon it's uh, it's time to bring back? Goodwill punting. Oh. <laughs> ah, nice. Um, fun fact, Matt Damon's actually played rugby in two movies, Invictus, and uh, he plays in the cop team for uh, In the Departed. So keep an eye out. Oh, Go yeah, he him. does. Go okay. yeah. So, yeah, I, I reckon he'd go all right. He's had plenty of training at it anyway. Um, what, other, what other celebrity you reckon would go all right at rugby? Oh, that's a good question. We can't have um, bloody what's his name? Uh, what about the Rock? Oh, yeah. I just have the Rock at. Uh... I mean, he's Samoan. He's, he's, I think he's Samoan. We've got some Pacific Islander background. He surely knows how to play rugby. Yeah, you'd have, you'd have to. Well, he was in Moana, so it'll work. <laughs> he can bring it. He can bring it across. He'll be there. Jason, um, I know Jason Momoa went to the uh, the All Blacks game in Chicago, and he had like this ancient. Fullbacks jersey, so he's a fan at least. Yeah, Aquaman. Get get some Aquaman down to the Tars to join Tar Man. Hey, it'd be decent second row, I reckon. Look, yeah. yeah, look, I think that uh, Damon can pull it off because the Tars have, pr- have proven that even if you, I think he'll he'll really need to channel his proper Francois Pinier, uh when he's there though, because the Tars have proven it, with the likes of having Jacques Pocquita there that if you have your token Saffa, mm-hmm. uh, they are just a completely different team, completely different team, like men possessed. If you have your token Saffa there, it just lifts the side. I think they've got they've got Colo who can do that right now. I think if, if you can <laughs> if you can put on put on a couple of pounds, we, we I don't think we need a back rower. That's the only thing. Yeah, open side flanker. There's too many of them. Like he needs to look like he did with in Jason Bourne, but just you know, grunt up in the front row. Or just get him in the centres. Just willing to absolutely murder someone. Yeah, it's a good will pass. <laughs> it's a good will punt. It's a good punt that you got to, that the Tars have got to take. So shout out to the to Tars HQ. If you guys are listening, get Matt Damon down to uh, down to training. See how he goes because he's in the country. Yeah, he's in the country. He did an interview 
um, live from a pub recently. That's Coming where it already. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was incredible. Just... <laughs> It's just, it's, I think it was Good Morning America or something like that. You just see Matt Damon just rocking up and just like the casual. It looks like he's just in the middle of a tab somewhere and just like, they cross him. It's like, what are you doing there? He's just like, oh yeah, no, it's had like the best Wi Fi. I'm sorry. I call, firstly, I, I call rubbish on that. <laughs> Most of those places, you cannot get a signal. He was there for a punt. He was there looking for the last race at Dapto trying to get on. At the tab, yeah. He was at the, he was at the TAB and. Uh... <laughs> I just find it hilarious how many uh, how many Hollywood stars uh, have have now just completely adopted the Australian lifestyle. I've heard that Zac Efron is actually not planning on moving back from Byron Bay. He's been he's been there for the last couple of months, and he's just planning on staying there and becoming an influencer like everyone else who lives on Byron Bay. He's a typical fly half. Oh yeah, <laughs> fly, uh, fly for I reckon he'd be a decent fullback. I yeah. think he's he's got he's he's got the look of a halfback. I reckon yeah. having Zach Efron there, he's too. He's all he's all looks and all ch- and all chatter. <laughs> uh, has he got the niggle though? That's what you need in a good halfback. Yeah, you do need the niggle. And I, Robert Downey, I reckon, be a decent halfback. It's just, it just the amount of talk you just have. It just it wear you down. I reckon. You haven't got the hair. You need like the flat to, the flat to clerk hair, like something like super. Super frilly. Zach, Zach can pull it off. He's got the look. He's got the look to pull it off. <laughs> Actually, it, uh, we'll finish with one last guy. I reckon Chris Hemsworth would be a really good uh, footy player as well. Oh, yeah. Even though he's, a, even though I know he's a – I think he's an AFL boy off the top of my head. Most of – most from his from his days in home and away. Right. <laughs> um, I think he's a Bulldogs guy, a Western Bulldogs guy. But, hey – we, we've taken AFL players before from Interrogue yeah. Union. We'll yeah. take him. No worries. We can convert him. We'll convert him. I reckon we can do it. Um, on this random, <laughs> on this random tangent note, um, I think we'll uh, we'll wrap it up. It's been a short and sweet pod. But this weekend, if you if anyone is listening, uh, the red the Super Rugby Trans Tasman will be kicking off this Friday. So tomorrow morning, when you are listening to this, uh, it'll be kicking off with the Reds. Facing the Highlanders in Dunedin, the Waratahs playing the Hurricanes at the Sydney Cricket Ground, Crusaders and the Brumbies in Christchurch, Reds and Rebels uh, in Melbourne, and the Force and the Chiefs in Perth. Boys, what shall our tips be? Because I know there's tips going around. Natho, what shall yours be for this uh, for this uh, for this round? Uh, I'm sticking with my bold pick. Force get it done over the Chiefs. I, but I think I think Rebels. Uh, it's a tough, tough game for them, I think, facing a Blues team. No Caleb Clark, they could get it done, but I think I'm going Blues to beat Rebels, Crusaders just to beat the Brumbies, Waratahs to keep it close against the Hurricanes to get beat, and then the Reds to come over the top of the Highlanders. Oof, good good picks. Any uh, any disagreements there, Jack, or are you, mm, are you sticking with yeah. that? Okay, yeah, I go Reds, Hurricanes, Crusaders, Rebels force. There you go. I'm, I'm yes. off. Oh, join geez. the force bandwagon. Let's go. Three two. Three two to the uh, three two to the Aussies. Um, and I hate to I hate to be boring, but I actually think I kind of want to side with you guys. Uh, I reckon the Reds will get up over the Highlanders. Um, not not to say that the Highlanders team is uh, is bad, but I'm just I'm, the Reds are coming into this with a lot of confidence, mm. and I know that the, yeah. the Highlanders weren't firing on all cylinders during. 
the Aotearoa Hurricanes will, uh, I reckon, will beat the Tars. Um, Crusaders, they're just so good in. They're just so good in Christchurch. You, you can't go past them. Um, fantastic team. Even though I reckon the Brumbies will uh, will show some fight. Rebels Blues. That's probably the variable one for me. Uh, you know, I think it's a. Uh, it really depends on how the Rebels bounce back from because this will be the the first time uh, in four years that Vessels won't be coaching. Um, they've got uh, the in, they've got an interim coach in Kevin Foot, uh, who will be uh, who will be looking after them. So, really depends. I, I'm not sure which Rebels team is going to show up. So I think it'll be really dependent on how they show up and. Oh, as much as I, as much as I, I know logic is telling me that the Chiefs are going to win, uh, 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 would be favourites for this game. God, the Force are good at home, and if they play that niggly game that they have, that that saw them beat the Reds, and saw them beat, uh, nearly beat the Brumbies. Oh, I, I can see them winning that. I can see them winning that game if they, uh, if they play to that style. Um. Should be an exciting weekend of rugby, and I think we'll wrap it up there. We'll also quickly mention uh, as well that uh, the Wallabies have also announced their three te- uh, an upcoming three-test series against France as well. And the Wallaroos will also be doing uh, three ga- uh, two games of their own as well with a, to- uh, a, a round of games against Samoa, which should also be really exciting. So be sure to grab your tickets for those games as well. Thank you very much, uh, lads, for for joining us for this short and sweet episode of The Dropped Kickoff. Hey, Thank you very much for having me. Anytime, boys. And uh, we'll catch you guys the next time round. Well, what did go wrong? I'll have to look look and think about it. Think about it deeply, very deeply. Did it hinge in the end on a bit of genius from Shirley Bombo? A bit of genius, a bit of magic. Shirley Bombo, very interesting. Very good, yeah. Very good. Three cheers for Shirley Bombo. Very good, very good.